Would you open up your Bibles? I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 25. Matthew, chapter number 25. We've been studying through 1 Corinthians, but with our upcoming Every Believer of Witness conference, I just believe it's important that we continue that theme until that time comes. Uh, One thing I can tell you about Shane and me, uh, she'll tell you that I'm pretty bad to put things off. Uh, You ever heard the old saying that says, you know, about the husband saying to the wife, you know, you don't need to uh, keep telling me to paint the front door or uh, change the oil in the car. I'll get around to it in six or eight months or so if you'll just be quiet about it. Well, that's me. I'm a man and I put things off. Look at Penny over there pointing at Keith. Come on, husbands, you know where I'm coming from. Uh, It's not that we mean to most of the time. We just put things off sometimes to the last minute. It's not something we're proud of. I do know this, without due dates and ultimatums and deadlines and all that stuff, uh, oftentimes we have a hard time doing uh, things and getting them done. We're we're just bad to wait to the last minute. Do you know what? There's a reason that Christmas Eve is the biggest shopping day of the year. Right? Amen. You ever been there? Uh, There's delayed decisions because sometimes people just don't have an urgency about what needs to be done. Sometimes people don't have a sense of priority about what needs to be done. Sometimes we're just lazy and don't want to get things done. I do know this for the Christian and for the non-Christian. Being prepared is one of the most important things we can ever do. As I said this morning, it's appointed unto man once to die. That's an appointment that we're all going to keep, that we all try to delay it as long as possible unless the Lord returns. And the end result's still the same. Whether it's through the return of Christ or through the grave, we're going to stand before God because it goes on to say that after man dies there's the judgment so one of the most important things we can do is to prepare for what's to come but not only to prepare for ourselves but to help others to prepare and that's what this every believer witness is all about it's what our text is about tonight Matthew chapter number 25 beginning at verse 1 the Bible records these words Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go, go ye out to meet him. Then all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us in you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, 
I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, as we gather as your people tonight, God, I pray you'd help us to take your word. Father, absorb it. (laughs) Apply it to our lives. That, Father, we might bring you glory. That it might be for our good. But, Lord, also for the good of those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I want to look at three lessons from this text that we read about the dangers of a delayed decision. You see, there is a danger in a delayed decision. Lesson number one, we must be prepared for Christ's return. Now, there's not a specific verse here to read about that. It's the whole story that encompasses that. We must be prepared for His return. You see, in Jewish culture, what would take place is that a bride and a groom would be betrothed. And the bride would stay where she is. She would stay at the home of the parents generally. And the groom would go and he would begin to make preparations and would begin to prepare the home for the marriage or to receive the bride into the home. And while he was away making preparations for the home and getting everything ready, you do remember Jesus said something like, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again. And receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. So the bridegroom would go away and begin to prepare a place for himself and the bride. I don't know what all that would look like. Many of you know much more than me. But they'd be getting a home ready, getting everything in order. And while the uh, the groom was away doing all this, it was up to the bride and all of the bridal party to begin to make preparations for the wedding. Not for the home after the wedding. The the groom was doing all that, but for the wedding to take place. Uh, So they'd be getting all ready and pretty and all of that and uh, I guess setting everything up and making all of the arrangements and all of that. And the bride would prepare, everyone else would prepare, and they all looked forward to the wedding day. But there was one catch to all of this. They didn't have cell phones back then. So they wasn't exactly sure when the bride or the groom was going to be coming when he had everything ready. So the catch was that they had to prepare everything and had everything ready for the wedding when the groom came back for the bride. That was the catch. That's the setting. So we must be prepared for Christ's return. This story is an analogy. It's a, it's a picture of the coming again of Christ. That The groom has went away. You know the Bible uh, records over and over. Christ is the groom. The church is the bride. We're the bride. Uh, And and he's went away. And during that time of going away, uh, the people of this earth must make preparations for the uh, groom to come and receive the bride unto himself. So that was the setting. They had to be prepared. Well, we read in this story they wasn't. Well, why weren't they prepared? Well, Several reasons, but one of them is they thought they had more time. I mean, if we read right here, uh, the five wise, five were foolish in verse number two. They took all the foolish, and, and but they took their lamps, but there's no oil with them. Uh, in verse three, the wise took their lamps, but they also took oil. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. You see... 
The text tells us that the groom took a long time coming and the bridesmaids fell asleep because they got sleepy. For whatever reason, the five unwise didn't bring oil, the five wise did. Uh, and they became tired, uh, they slumbered, they slept. But the gist of it is, is that they thought they had more time. They did not expect the groom to come at midnight when he came. You go on down to uh, verse number 13. I believe it fully answers that question. Watch therefore, for you know, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. They thought they had more time. Now listen, friends, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus died on the cross. I don't know when Jesus is coming, but what I do know is that He's coming. So two things that we must be uh, uh, getting ready. Well, we must be getting ready for the return of uh, Christ, for the bride to return, but we also must be making preparations for as many people to go when He comes as possible because we don't know when he's going. So that brother out there, that sister out there, that neighbor out there, that co-worker out there, that friend out there that needs to hear the gospel, needs to hear the gospel when? Today, as soon as we possibly can because we do not know when the bridegroom comes and these bridesmaids thought they had more time. But also they thought their preparations were not that important. Uh, perhaps the foolish bridesmaids or the virgins thought that their preparations really didn't matter. Um, maybe they thought they could make it in off the works of another. They asked the wise virgins for oil and they said, no, we can't give it to you unless we not have enough for ourselves. But for whatever reasons, they thought that those preparations weren't important enough to do what was necessary. They depended on the work of another, whatever uh, that may look like. But the Bible tells us here that when that took place, even though they thought they were not that important, that when the time came, the bridegroom answered and said, I know you not. The most important thing me, you, or anybody else on the face of this earth can ever do is make preparations for the coming of the groom. Uh, you and I know those preparations, those that are here that are believers. So it's up to us to see how important it is and tell others. Uh, but if you're here tonight and you've never made that preparation, you've never received Christ, the most important thing you, for you to do is to prepare for the coming of Christ. Not only that, they thought that their shortcomings would be overlooked. The unwise versions perhaps thought that after the groom came and he took them into the wedding party, whatever that looked like, that they'd say, hey, we're back. We're, we're ready now. I know we wasted time and didn't think it, we had more time or we thought we did and didn't think our preparation was that important, but we're ready now. But there was no second chance. And that's the most important thing for us to realize is that nobody's going to get a second chance. You take those books you read about the uh, coming of Christ. What is the name of those books? There was a series of them that was so popular that come out. Uh, what was the name of it? Somebody in here help me out. What? Left behind. You throw them things in the garbage and don't get your theology from them. The Word of God tells us that at the return of Christ, the Holy Spirit's gone. And there'll be nobody other than those 144,000 Jews saved. We've got one chance. And they thought that their shortcomings would be overlooked, but the Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die. 
And after this, the judgment. Number two, no one can make those preparations for you. The wise and the foolish virgins here, the wise made those preparations. The foolish virgins depended on someone else. And it cost them dearly. So nobody can make those preparations for you. We live under a clock. And I'm going to be done here in just a second. But that thing's ticking constantly. And every second of that clock that ticks, we can never, ever, ever get back. And you see, God knows and exactly when my time's over, when your time's up, or when Jesus is returning, but we don't. So each of those seconds that he's given us, those minutes, those days, uh, those hours, those opportunities to to talk to someone and and tell them that Jesus loves them and he died for them and and for us to make preparation. You you see, the Bible says that not only are the lost going to stand in judgment, but 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 verse 10 tells us that we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account uh, of our works and how we served Him. Uh, So we must use each of those seconds, every bit of that time uh, for God's glory, telling others what He's done for them, leading others to Christ, but while also making preparations uh, for His return. Now, for a lost person, there's only one way you can prepare for Christ's return. What is that? By faith, you accept Jesus as your Savior. You commit your life to Him. Uh, You let Him uh, come into your life, lead your life, and then you follow Him in love and obedience. That's the only thing you can do to prepare. How does a Christian prepare? Well, a Christian prepares by leading others to Christ and doing the works that God wants us to do. You see, the Bible says we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. What are those good works? Well, those good works are whatever's necessary we do so that ultimately we can tell people about Jesus and men, women, boys, and girls will come to know Him as Savior. And that's what we'll stand in judgment at the judgment seat of Christ for. So, nobody can do that for us. I'm responsible for those God gives me. You're responsible for those God gives you. And one day we're going to stand before Him in judgment. Not a sin question. Our sin question was dealt with and done with at Calvary. It'll be a service question of what did you do with this gift that God has given you? Number three, there is a such thing as being too late. There is such a thing as being too late. You see, the foolish virgins, verse number 10, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Afterward also came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. I think about that story of Noah. You know, I told you I've been studying that more lately. For 120 years, Noah was building the ark. You heard what I told you about it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all men would come to repentance. The Bible declares 
that God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness. But is long-suffering toward us that all men would come to repentance. There's coming a day, though, when the door of the ark shuts. And it'll be too late. I hear Doyle say this quite often. It's becoming more and more clear to me. Urgency. See every tick of that clock, every rising of the sun, every going down of the sun and coming up in the moon. We're that much closer to the bride and the groom. But we're also that much closer to that door of the ark slamming shut and that day of grace is no more. We ought to have urgency, urgency to tell others, anybody and everybody that'll listen because there is such a day when it's too late. Lord, you pray. Church, we've got a wonderful opportunity over the next couple of weeks to learn how to share our faith. My prayer is is that you would come before God and bow your heart and say, God, if you've got five for me, if you've got ten for me, if you've got one for me, Jesus said, if you bear fruit 30, 60, or 100 fold, whatever that may look like, God, I want to do what you've called me to do. I can't do it on my own. I need your help. God, would you help me? As the people of God stand tonight, I'm going to invite you to come and say, God, help me. Reap the harvest. Reap the harvest of all you've got for me. I'm going to be a soul winner. Family, those I love, for the door of the ark to shut and there'll be no other chance, but I want all of them to come and get in the ark. Oh, come to the altar.